No. No, uh, when we're talking about SWAT, we're actually talking about, like, SWAT team, like, spiritual warfare. It's been kind of on our hearts for the last uh, few months to talk about spiritual warfare. And um, it's, it's, um, it's funny because when I first committed my life to Christ, I mean, it was like spiritual warfare, everything. And, and it just seems like kind of messages in a whole in America have kind of dwindled down to more you know, messages that make you better. And we can sometimes forget that our fight is not against flesh and blood, right? Like seriously, like, like legitimately as a follower of Christ, you're called to a higher kingdom. It's called the kingdom of God. And so our fight is then not against a group of people or against a political group or against another. Our fight is actually against spiritual darkness that is influencing and affecting people's lives. So if you turn your Bibles, this is all found in Ephesians chapter 6. And so if you turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, we'll give you a few moments to turn there and a few moments for my file to upload because my tablet is acting super slow today. And as that's loading in, I'm going to go ahead and pray. So, Father, we just come before you in the mighty name of Jesus, and we thank you for your word today. God, your word is living and active, God. It is uh, powerful. God, your word says that it is a two-edged sword. And, Father, it's alive, and it changes hearts, it changes lives. And, Lord, we just thank you for, God, the anointing and power of your presence to be upon your word, God, it is as it is living. And, Lord, that you might speak to us through your word today. In Jesus' name. Amen. How many of us do know we're, we're in a spiritual war? Raise your hand. Like spiritual battle. We're in a spiritual war. Absolutely we are. And this war has been waged since the beginning of time. It's been uh, Satan. If you know, if you know the, the history of the fall of uh, the angelic host, you know, he took a third of the angels with him. He, he deceived. This is what blows my mind. I mean, I... I've been saying this for a number of years. I'm like, okay, if Satan can deceive angels that are in the very presence of God, what do we think, how do we think we can be any better? <laughs> like, seriously, like, like if he can deceive angels who are seeing God, how much more likely is it for us to be deceived? So deception is, uh, it's funny because the thing that Jesus says to watch out for the most is deception. He says, watch out that you are not deceived. And that's what the enemy does. He deceives us. And what deception is, is it's a portrayal of something, but it's actually something else. And so one of the things that I believe has happened in, in, in our time is the enemy has like shifted this whole, uh, the, 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 the Church of America shifted our focus off of it being a spiritual battle, and now we're trying to fight in the flesh. And now, mind you, there are times for us to stand for certain things. But, the, but the, the, the main thing is that people are going to be with Christ or going to be away from Christ for eternity. And that's the main goal of, of the church is to continue to point to Jesus. Amen? All right. So we're in a battle every day. And so this, the moment you said yes to Christ was the moment you had a target on your back. Because now you are against the kingdom of darkness, his lies, his ways, his deception. And so we have this battle that wages in the spirit and also that wages in our hearts because we have a selfish, sinful nature that wants to do its own thing. How many of us can say, honestly, by nature, you are a selfish individual? Raise your hand. Okay. The rest of you who didn't raise your hands, you're liars because we are all, <laughs> seriously, ask a two-year-old. A two-year-old will teach you that they have a selfish, sinful nature. When they throw themselves on the floor and throw an absolute tipper tantrum, I mean, and we still do it as adults. We call them man tantrums, right? You don't get your way, and you kick the wall and, and throw the dog, and whatever else happens when you don't get your way. And everybody's like, oh, don't do that. I know exactly. I know. That's why I wanted to penetrate that so you understand, like, we do stupid stuff as humans. And so... 
because we have this spiritual battle that is going on inside of our minds, inside of our hearts, out in the world. And so we are in this battle, so we wanted to just talk about spiritual warfare. And just re be reminded, right, because many of us understand we've read the full armor of God and all those things. We just want to remind ourselves of the things that we're called to fight against. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18 gives a great description of the spiritual battle that is happening. And so we're going to start in Ephesians chapter uh, 6, verse 10. We're going to read through verse 18. And in verse 10 it says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Say mighty power. In verse 11, and this is highlighted just so that we can just again remind ourselves. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Say devil's schemes. You know, I've, I've realized in the course of, of my life of serving the Lord that when the enemy comes in and he brings a, a deception or he brings a, a falsehood, it isn't like this big, huge, mongous, flabbergasted lie that you automatically bite into. It's usually just a small deceptive twist. It's just a think about this. How did how was the devil? How was his scheme against Jesus? How was his scheme against Adam and Eve? It was I mean I mean he basically took the word of God and contorted it. So he took truth and manipulated it for personal gain. And that's how he works. It isn't like he like like just said, just worship me and all this stuff. And you know what I mean? And 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 you do win the lottery or however it was. I mean, he, I mean, I mean, the devil just took the word of God and manipulated, was trying to manipulate Jesus, just like he manipulated Adam and Eve. So that's why we need the full armor of God to stand against the devil's schemes. Not just one scheme, schemes. <laughs> There's, there's hundreds and thousands of, of, of schemes out there. There are schemes to, to, that, are, that are fighting against you to turn your back on God. There are schemes against you to, if you were at one time, uh, you know, a, a had an addiction, there's schemes against you to go back into that addiction. There's schemes against your marriage. There's schemes against your children. They're, they're, I mean, it is. We don't see it happening, but it's going on. Seriously, like when you read scriptures, when you study scriptures, and you see these, these demons are sent out on assignment towards people. I mean, Satan was on assignment toward Job. We see this happen all over in scripture. So we put on the full armor of God so that we can make our stand against the devil's schemes. Verse 12, for our struggle, another translation would say our fight Another translation would say, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, it's interesting that, um, that the New King James Version uses the word wrestle. And I grew up watching WWF, now WWE, and those guys get quite physical. I mean, I mean, I was a Hulkamaniac back in the day, obviously, and, you know, all my Hulkamaniacs out there, you know, I mean, just like, you know, just love that stuff. And, you know, uh, Macho Man, Randy Savage, you know, and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, and all that fun jazz, you know. And these, right, these Big grown men would absolutely pulverize themselves. And we knew it was fake, but we just loved it. It was just, you know, you see these guys go into a ring and just beat the tar out of each other. And everybody's having a good time about that. We're like, well, yay, look at them. I mean, and, and it's always, I mean, and it's the same thing, right? Like Hulk Hogan gets the crap beat out of him, and he's laying on the ground, and then all of a sudden he starts getting punched, and he starts putting his hand up, and he starts giving him that eye, and then the kids, you start doing backflips on your, on your uh, you know, couch that you're not supposed to because you know he's going to come back and win. But, but, there's, but there's this, you get this visual picture of these two uh, men that are colossally colliding, you know, and, and, and they're big. I mean, these guys are huge. And so, friends, in the same way, when we are standing up against the enemy, we are in this battle. We're in this fight. 
We're in this wrestle match against schemes, against lies, against deception, against spiritual entities, against uh, curses. I mean, we are at war with all of these things. And then it's not just like one thing. He gives a list of all of these different things, and, and he calls them rulers, authorities, um, uh, powers, spiritual forces. I mean, so it's not just like you're fighting one battle. You're fighting lots of battles. And then verse 13, it says, therefore, since all this is happening, put on the full armor of God. Say full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, whoa, the day of evil, what day is that? Well, you don't quite know until that day comes. <laughs> right? A lot of times we didn't realize the day of evil came against us until afterwards. We're like, oh, man, that was really an attack of the enemy. <laughs> right? So he's saying pull this on because what evil is going to come against us, against you, against me. You may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, it says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your, your waist. So now he's going to break down this full armor of God and give us a picture of different parts. The belt of truth. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. With your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all. Say all. All the flaming arrows of the evil one. So the enemy is shooting these flaming arrows at you at all times. Do you know that? You're like, man, why do I feel depressed? Flaming arrow. <laughs> man, why do I feel discouraged today? Flaming arrow. Why am I just in a mood today? Well, you probably need a snack and a nap and a flaming arrow. <laughs> right, right. Did you get your cup of coffee today? Did you get your walk this morning? <laughs> Right? There are flaming arrows. That's interesting. Flaming arrows against us. That's crazy, isn't it? Look at your neighbor and say, that's crazy. It's crazy. But the cool thing is, is that it says that our faith can extinguish them. So what does that mean? What's that mean? What that looks like is when there's a flaming arrow, a lie, a deception. Maybe let's just, let's just put out one here. I'm going to just pretend that we got my brother here. You know, I'm a demon. I got like a little, you know little arrow, and I'm shooting at him, and I'm, I'm going to hit him with, I don't know, let's hit you with some discouragement today. Ping. And so he has the shield of faith. So let's just say, let's just say discouragement tries to hit him. And so what is faith? Faith is saying, you know what? I'm a child of God. I have the promises of God. I have, uh, he is, you know, he is with me. He who is with me is, is greater than he that is against me. You start quoting the word of God. And what do you actually do? You extinguish that flaming dart. It's, right, it's your faith, right? And faith comes by hearing and hearing the what? The word of the Lord. So good. You guys are so smart. I love how smart you guys are. Verse 17. It says, take on the helmet of salvation, as long as it has a Yankees uh, logo, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions, all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keeping, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So he's telling us, he's giving us this description of the enemy, of, you know, the enemy has tactics and schemes against us, but, but we're good because the Lord has empowered us with the full armor of God and he gives descriptions on what these things are, and even tells us that our armor is strong enough to penetrate the attack of the enemy. And then he goes on to encourage us to, to, to let us know that we're not only waging a war, but our brothers and sisters in Christ are also waging a war. So we need to continue to pray for them and keep on praying for the Lord's people. Because they're fighting they're fighting for their families, and they're fighting for their marriages, and they're fighting for their sanity, and they're fighting for their children, right? Come on. 
right? And they're fighting for their legacy, right? All right. And then, so we're, there's this one piece of armor. I had it highlighted. I just want to talk a little bit about today because I believe out of all of these things, this is a very vital and important piece of armor, and that is the belt of truth. The belt of truth. Friends, a belt usually holds a person's clothing together, right? So then the question would be is what is holding us together? What is holding your britches up? <laughs> What's holding you up? What is a form of truth or a piece of truth or a make of truth that you may have built your life upon? Jesus asked, Jesus was asked by Pilate, what is truth? There's a lot of people that are asking that question today. What is truth? It's funny because he was standing in front of truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right? Isn't that what he says in John 14, 6? No one comes to the Father except through me. That's interesting that he would ask Jesus, what is truth when he's standing in front of truth? Right? That's crazy, isn't it? Sometimes we can have truth right in front of us and we're oblivious to what truth is. He, is, he doesn't have the truth. He is the truth. Jesus did not say, I have a way. He says, I am the way. He is the truth. And um, the thing is, is truth is not an ideology or a doctrine. Truth is a person, and his name is Jesus. So when you build your belt of truth, hopefully your truth is Christ and him alone. Amen? And so we just, we have obviously the word of God, which is, you know, the written word, the truth and all this other stuff. But we need it also chiseled on our hearts and on our minds. And in Ephesians, Paul describes truth as a belt. Now, I love, um, we're going to get into this because it's kind of fun. I love when I, when, when Paul gives analogies because he's doing it in a way that usually gives people of their time kind of a picture of what he's talking about. So if you can go to the next slide. So when Paul was talking about a belt of truth, and he was talking about a breastplate of righteousness, the closest comparison at that time would be a Roman soldier. So when he was talking about a belt of truth, most of those people, when they're listening to that epistle, when it's being read to them, or maybe if they're reading it themselves, they would probably have pictured this Roman soldier and, and this belt that had a sheath for a sword, and maybe it had a sheath for uh, the dagger. And so it was, you know, it was holding together, you know, his clothing, but also it was carrying the tools that he needed to fight the battle, right? So that's a, that's a cool belt, right? I mean, that's fun, right? But, you know, let's, let's go back into like the 1800s. What would a belt look like maybe in an old Western? If we were, you know, maybe, you know, maybe John Wayne or, you know, Clint Eastwood or Gunsmoke or any of those old Westerns. I mean, all those things. And so, so what would be on a belt uh, of that nature? They would have a, a gun holster, right? And so a gun holster would hold a weapon, which is what obviously was what they would use to, you know, fight against bandits or, or maybe, you know, shoot vermin or, you know, maybe they just, you know, do some, you know, some, some shooting uh, cans, on, you know, out in the back of their property or whatever. So their belt would look a little bit different than a Roman soldier's belt, right? So in a more modern day equivalent, we obviously have police officers. So this is a police officer in his full riot gear. And so what would be on a police officer's belt? Well, he would have a utility belt, right? And on that utility belt, he would hold all kinds of stuff. You know, maybe he would have, you know, his radio on there and some handcuffs and a holster, obviously, in his gun and a taser. Maybe he would have some chemical spray, probably a flashlight, 
He would have some extra uh, compartments to hold, extra magazines, right? He would have like all of these things. He would have this little special area kind of in the back off to the side where he could hold a donut. And so he would... <laughs> love police officers and I love donuts. So, but we get this picture of, of this person, right? And having all of the tools necessary because they would be in combat with another entity, correct? So that brings me to my final belt and my favorite belt is Batman's utility belt. <laughs> so, you know, maybe on Batman's utility belt, you know, it would be lightweight, you know, high, uh, you know, uh, intensity alloy. He would have maybe some explosive pellets because he's going to throw them. They're going to explode. Maybe he would have some gas pellets. You ever see those things where you throw the little gas pellet and they, you know, puff of smoke. And so he can kind of like sneak away. You know, he maybe he maybe he have a little first aid kit in case he gets like cut or something where he can just kind of fix himself up there. I'm sure he had, there. Uh, there's magnetic points on his belt where he can grapple and put his, at least that, that's how it was back in like the 90s. He had his little grappling gun and he'd like attach his utility belt and go flying off or whatever. Uh, maybe he'd have a little area for antidote for scarecrows, uh, fear gas. Uh, you know, I mean, there could just be all kinds of little things, you know, so, he's ha so he has all of the things necessary on his belt to what? To fight against his enemy. And so... Uh, in, the, in the same context, friends, the belt of truth will equip us with everything that we need to fight against the enemy. Give us everything we need. The belt of truth will carry our offensive weapon, which is the sword of the spirit. Right? It's going to keep our pants up. It's going to keep our clothes tight. And this belt of truth not only holds up our spiritual pants, but what it also does is it keeps us from exposing ourselves and being vulnerable like poor King Hipple right here. So if you ever played Punch-Out back on the NES, there was this game called Punch-Out. And so after you fought, you know, a, you know, a, a number of, of uh, people, you would get to this guy's name is King Hipple. The funny thing about King Hippo is he would open up his mouth. If you punched him in his mouth, he would drop his drawers, and then he would, like, expose his belly, and he'd be vulnerable to, for you to punch him in his stomach because he was always protecting it. And so, so obviously what happens in our life is, is when we have the truth and the belt of truth girded around us, it will keep us from becoming vulnerable and exposed where we can get our butts beat up by the enemy. And I just did that in a fun way with some good old King Hippo. So the belt of truth protects us against Satan, the father of lies. Say protects us. You know, it's not just the shield that protects. Friends, it's also the belt that protects. So it will protect us from the lies of the father of lies, which is Satan. How many of us have ever, at one time, ever believed a lie? Have you ever believed a lie or maybe somebody said something to you and you believed it and you're like, oh, man, I was so gullible, I can't believe that, right? And so at some point, we've all believed. And what was it that changed where you understood that that was a lie was truth, right? There was facts. There was, there was, something, there was uh, something more information that was given to you to prove that that was a lie, and so in the same way, the enemy will lie to us, try to manipulate us, try to get us to believe his schemes. And so we need the truth. We need the word. We need, we need those things that will actually protect us from the lies of the enemy. And that's why it is so very important. I say this to everyone, especially young people, in order for us to know the word of God, you have to know the word of the Lord. John 8, verse 32 says, we will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Friends, friends, we are only as free as our level of truth. Do you know that? We are only as free as our level of truth. 
that you live, that you believe, that you walk in. Right? I mean, think of this. When you first committed your life to Christ, you didn't realize that there was a greater freedom until a greater truth was revealed to you. And then when the greater truth was revealed to you and you believed it, you walked in greater freedom. And that should be our whole life, that we're constantly, right, that, that our, our hearts are believing more truth. We're believing the word of God in deeper and, and, and in a, a more grace-filled manner. And then we begin to walk in a more free level, in a more free life. There are many things that are true, but there, are, but there is only one truth. There's only one that can set you free from sin and bondage, from destruction, from condemnation, from Satan's dominion, and that's the truth of Jesus. Friends, I've, I legitimately in my course of living for Christ have seen people set free through the name of Jesus. And so it is the name of Jesus that is above every name, that, that demons bow, that strongholds bow, that sickness has to flee. It's the name of Jesus. It's the truth of Jesus. And so deception, friends, is a war tactic that the enemy has had against us since the beginning. And so we have to stand firm against his lies by knowing and living out the word of God. Stand firm against his lies by knowing. But it's not just knowing. G.I. Joe told us that a long time ago. Knowing is half the battle. We not just have to know, we also have to live it out. Act upon it, right? Act upon it. That's the hard part. Application is always the hardest part, right? I mean, the, the you know, learning it, you know, getting it, the concept of it, sounds good. But then when you're in a, an application aspect, that doesn't always work out the way you thought it would work out. I mean, have you ever been in a position where maybe you were trained for a specific for a specific thing? Like you were trained, you got training to do this thing. But then when you were actually doing it, the training didn't seem as adequate. You're like, I'm stuck. Even though I got training to do this one thing, I'm in this thing, and it's more difficult. I thought when I was being trained it was going to be easier. And then when you're actually doing it, you're like, man, this is real tough. Because then the application process is, is, is it's the, the mo more challenging aspect of it, right? How many times have you ever looked at something that looks good on paper, but the moment you start doing it, it's like, wow, this is crazy. I mean, you, I'm, I'm just thinking of Paul and Kristen, and, you know, maybe on paper, you know, you guys are preparing for a wedding. And so it's, it gives you, you know, point number one, point number two, point number three, and it all looks good on paper. But when you're actually doing it, you're like, this is stressing the crap out of me. Like, I just, this is ridiculous. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like on paper, it looks good. But then application is where it gets difficult. And in the same, and in the same context, we can read the word. You're like, yeah, that's good. That sounds good. That looks good. But then when it comes to us actually walking in, and it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Help. <laughs> I'll tell you, friends, I have legitimately been in numerous times where I'm like, Jesus, help me. I need help right now. <laughs> I know your word, but Lord, I need help. Help me, Jesus. Take the wheel. Carrie Underwood had it right. Lord, take the wheel. Take this wheel. Drive this car because I'm about to crash. <laughs> I need your help. Okay, we stand firm against the lies by knowing and, say it with me, living out the word of God. So good. So the belt is... The belt of truth is a centerpiece located, obviously, at the center of our body because it holds everything in its place, just as God's truth will hold our life in place. I stand upon the B-I-B-I-O-B-I-B-L-E, right? Stand upon the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E, and we stand upon the truth, right? He says, uh, Jesus is the rock. He's the chief cornerstone. When we build on him, when we when we when we center ourselves in him, friends, our lives will will be put together. He just he he pieces it the way that he created and designed it. And so uh, I don't know how many times we're trying to do it our own and fix it and make all this happen. But friends, sometimes we just need to just center ourselves again on his word, center ourselves again on his love, center ourselves again on his truth. And then God will be, God. There's times when God just wants to have you just show you that he can do it. 
Like, just for a moment, take a breath, take a step back, and let God show you that he's your provider. Right? Like, take a breath, take a step back, let God show you that he is your protector. Let him show you that he is your defender. I mean, seriously, I mean, there's been numerous times in my walk with Christ as a leader, as a pastor, that I've been attacked, that my wife and I have been attacked, the ministry has been attacked, the church has been attacked, and all this other stuff. And there's been times that, that we've failed and we've attacked back, but there's been times where we've just kept our mouths shut and we've taken a step back and we're like, Jesus, you're my defender. And God takes care of it. Like, seriously, like, like, like I don't even have to do anything. And so just, and what is that? That's a, that's a point of just me believing God's truth where he says he will be my defender. Me taking a step back and not getting into my flesh and, and getting all north side on somebody and saying stuff I'm not supposed to and then having to repent and do all that other jazz. Just take a, back, take a step back, shut my mouth, and watch God do what he can do. Because he actually does a lot better job of defending Josh Hester than Josh Hester does. It's the truth, Right? And he said, I mean, I mean, think about this. I mean, it says, you know, do not return evil for evil. So when evil's done upon you, when you don't return it, the cool thing is, is if you bless somebody when they curse you, if they're not worthy of their blessing, you get it back. That's the word of God. So you're good either way. Because if somebody curses you and you bless them, either they're going to be blessed, and hopefully that's what happens. They get blessed and God gets them and all that other stuff. Like, not get them, like, smite them. But you know what I mean? Like, he does, you know, he changes their heart, changes their attitude. Or if they're not worthy of that, you get that blessing back. It's the word of God. How many of us want a blessing? Right? Nobody here wants blessings from the Lord? <laughs> right? You get a blessing and you get a blessing. Well, how, how you get, how, you, how you're blessed is by blessing, right? Give and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So when you bless people, when you don't curse them, when you return good for evil, when, you, uh, when, when, when people say all these things against you and instead of defending yourself, you know, you <laughs> ignore them or, or bless them or move on or whatever, God is just delighted in that and he's going to show up in a mighty way in your life. And we have to be reminded that when people are attacking you, friends, it's not against the fight against them. And we don't know what's going on. I'll tell you what, if you were to sit in somebody's life, when you're being attacked, if, if you were to get a, a full perspective of what they're actually going through, you might have a little bit of compassion and realize they're really going through a lot. And for some reason, you just became the target of their bad day. Seriously. Like, who knows? Like, maybe they just got the worst information ever delivered to them. And they're at their job, and they're just absolutely fuming, and they're frustrated, and you are just the object of their wrath. Obviously, you didn't deserve that. But what if instead of you getting frustrated back at them and, and putting them in their place, what if you were to silently pray for them and, and, and not take it so personal and let the Lord defend you? Man, that's rough, isn't it? I'm not saying this is easy, right? It sounds good right now, but application is where it hurts, right? I'm serious. And we're all going to be challenged. We're all going to be challenged. Your, your faith is going to be challenged. Your integrity is going to be challenged. Your name is going to be challenged. How many times have people challenged your name, your integrity, your word, what you said? And it's going to continue to happen until you meet Jesus because we live in a fallen world. And I'm so rabbit trailing. Let's get back on, on, on this here. Again. The belt of truth is the centerpiece located at the center of our body because it holds us together. The truth holds us together. Jesus will hold your life, hold my life together. Judges chapter 21 verse 25 says this. And we're living in this day. We're living in this day right now. Verse 25 it says, in those days... There was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. We're living in a day right now where Judges 21, 25 is being fulfilled in our very eyes. That people are doing whatever is right in their own eyes. And so we see in even our own country, we just see there is, there is a distaste towards Christianity. There's a, there's a disdain towards Christianity. Not just a distaste, a disdain 
towards the Bible and creation and the word of God and the truth of God. So if we are trying to live for Christ, we're going to be challenged. You're going to be challenged. Put anything, you know, on any kind of social media platform that has to do with truth, and, and you will get absolutely, you know, attacked because there's an attack on, on our faith. And so, you know, as America, we've come to a place where we've dethroned the king of kings. Obviously, we've eliminated him out of schools and court systems and all these things. And it's really interesting because my, my wife just showed me, and I just said, isn't that interesting? My wife just showed me the quarter that you showed her. Have you seen the new minted quarter? It's just interesting. Just say, say interesting. It's interesting that, and, and again, it's just whatever. It's just interesting that on the mint, George Washington's head was facing towards the word, in God we trust. And it's just interesting. Say interesting. Right? It could be prophetic. It could be. It may be anything. It's just interesting that now the new mint has his face away from the words, in God we trust. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Could that be what is going on in our country today? Very well. <laughs> I know I was trying, I was, I was, when, when she, when, when Joy told me that, I was like, hmm, isn't that interesting? <laughs> Do you know that, that the spiritual and the physical realms are connected in some cases, and sometimes people do stuff not even realizing that there are spiritual implications of that. Think of this. I mean, I mean, just when you look at scripture, right? They had they had they had the uh, the altar uh, or or the uh, yeah the um, altar of God, and when it was brought into Dagon's temple, and all and and all of Dagon's um, things fell, right? And they could have been like, well, that was just a coincidence, you know? I mean, it was like a small little earthquake, you know? Let's just put them back up. And then they fell again and they busted up. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> and they could have been, they could have had all the excuses. Well, you know, you know, I mean, it's, you know, they slipped off their stand and you know, who knows? Somebody went and pushed them over. <laughs> right? There are, there's physical things that happen, right? And so, again, I'm not saying that, that whoever was in the minting process, you know, in the, in the process of their mind, they were like, we're going to, we're turning against God. And we're, I'm not saying all that, but it's interesting that there are physical things that, that have spiritual implications that it's interesting to me that even on the mint of a quarter that it's showing a face turned away from in God we trust. That's real interesting to me because I see our society doing that. So it's just interesting. Very interesting. Say belt of truth. I need it. I need it. The belt is such a vital component to stand firm against the lies of this world, the lies of the enemy, and equips us to fight this spiritual warfare, this battle that we're facing. Friends, when we're being cut down by the battle of life, chopped, just sliced and diced by the enemy, the truth reminds us of his promises reminds us think of this there's a there's a scripture that says that there were some people that were waiting for this hope that they never saw so how did they say encouraged when they never saw it they were reminded of the promises of god right think of this i mean th i th think of think of when you know when uh, israel when you know i mean how many times were they taken over by by neighboring countries and and i mean you know you have you know, the Philistines and Syria. And I mean, there's just so many of them. And we see, you know, hundreds of years worth of them going into captivity and all these things. And then, you know, finally they're, they're taken over, you know, and, and Rome and all this other stuff. And there's this hope for hundreds of years. We will have a Messiah. We will have a Savior. So as you're in captivity, what is it that keeps you strong? The promises of his word. It strengthens us to live and fight another day. And guess what? Sometimes we get beat up. We do. Right? Not every day is a victorious day. You have days of failure. 
I love that the scripture reminds us of, of, of people's failures. I love that the scripture isn't biased just showing us all of the perfections of all the men and women of God. They show us all of the imperfections, their victories, and their failures and defeats. Yeah. So it just reminds us. And you know what? And, and there are times, friends, when we're going to fight and we're going to be victorious, and there's times that we're going to fall. But when you are getting beat up by the battle, when you're getting beat up by the battle of life, when you're getting beat up by the enemy, when you're getting beat up by the lies, please, in the name of Jesus, be reminded of his promises. Be reminded of his promises. And friends, we'll just end with this here. Okay. When the Bible's talking about the armor of God, it's more than just some helpful tips, right? It's, 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 <laughs> right? It's, it's not just some good suggestions. It's not just, you know, I mean, if you, if you want to, you know, this might be a good thing to do. No, Paul is like, stand in the very uh, strong and might of our God because you're going to be assaulted by the enemy. Okay. It's all like a mandate to put it on. Put on your armor, put on your gear because you're going to be, right, those flaming darts are coming towards you. And so it says in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. And how does that happen? By putting on the armor of God. He wants us to be strong. And not just in your own strength. Say, it's not my strength. It says, be strong in the Lord and his might. So when you put on the full armor of God, you actually put on his strength. You put on his might. You put on his power. Isn't that awesome? And when we put on the armor of God, do you know, actually, when we've seen the description of it, do you know the armor of God actually gives us in, oh man, I can't say this word, impregnable defenses against the enemy, right? Because who can beat the Lord? No one. <laughs> who has ever even come close? No one. It's so funny when you look at the end times and you look at the end battle and you look at Satan and all those things, God isn't even fighting. He's just sitting on the throne. It's Michael and the archangels that defeat the Antichrist and all that other stuff. God never gets up off his throne. He's invincible, right? Who can beat the Lord? No one. I think being on his team is the best team to be on, right? <laughs> it's the best team to be on. It's the winning team, okay? <laughs> God squad, I love it. Yes, oh gosh. Oh, I'm getting shots fired over here. <laughs> Our almighty God gives us impregnable defenses called the armor of God. And so he gives us this. And so the keys to withstand the attacks and advance his kingdom is to put on the full armor of God. And 2 Peter will end in the scripture. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And when you put on the armor of God, when you put on the belt of truth, when you gird it around your waist, when you say, I'm going to live in truth, when you say, I'm going to walk according to the word of God, I'm going to live according to what Jesus says. I believe his word. I believe it. God said it. That settles it. There, you know, there's, I'm, not, I'm not going to uh, allow my, my mind or my heart to be deceived by the enemy, by all of these, these winds of doctrine, because that's what it says. It talks about these wind of doctrines that blow people around to and fro. and, all, and it, all, None of it's new. It's all old. I mean, I mean, the belief of this and the belief of that, I'm just going to stay steady in the word of God. And then this is what happens right here. Verse 3 of 2 Peter 1, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Everything. You need encouragement? His divine power is going to give you that. You need peace? His divine power is going to give you that. You need, you need, you know, your finances, you just, you need Jesus to, to show up and, and provide. His divine power will give you everything you need. You know, you, you need freedom from fear. His divine power can give you everything you need. I mean, if you're afraid about what's going on with all the mass shootings and all this stuff, his divine power can give you everything you need. Friends, we need his power in and through our lives. 
And it comes through form of God and having that belt of truth girded up. Let's pray together. How many of us know we are on the winning team? We're on the winning team. So if you're discouraged, if you're frustrating, frustrated, if, you're, if the enemy has just bombarded you with fear, I mean, let's just let his truth penetrate every deception and, and remove anything that, you know, there's a scripture that says where, where uh, at night how the enemy went and he sowed tares among the wheat. And sometimes the enemy will do that in our life. Like when you're like not paying attention, like he'll try to sow different things in our lives so that you're like, why am I dealing with anxiety? Why am I dealing with fear? Why am I, why is this going on? Well, it's just, like I said, constantly bombarded by the enemy. So, Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we believe you. We believe in you. We believe your word. We know that there are battles happening all around us for our lives, for our families, for the church, for our freedoms. And God, we just acknowledge all of those things. And we acknowledge that, God, that that you are unstoppable. You are unmovable. And we want to anchor our life on you in the name of Jesus. God, we don't put our we don't put our our strength and our energy and and our beliefs into God governments and systems and all of these things that can fail. But God, we put them on you and your word that is that has been penetrating hearts and lives for thousands of years. Jesus. Jesus. Father, thank you even now. Thank you even now, God. Would you would you peel away, God, lies and deception? I think of Paul when, or excuse me, Saul when he became Paul and he was being prayed over by by uh, Ananias, and it said something like scales fell from his eyes, and he could see clearly. Lord, and that's our desire is God. And as a church named Vision, we want to be able to see clearly. We want to see clearly. We want to see your word clearly. We want to see people the way that you've created them. God, we want to see, God, what you are doing. God, we want we want to see what your spirit is doing. God, we want to see, God, our, ourselves through the lenses that you have created and designed. We want to see others through those lenses. God, would you remove false lenses from our lives? Would you remove deception from our hearts? God, would you just gird up your truth in and through our lives, even now in the name of Jesus? And thank you that, God, that that belt of truth is fully equipped to give us everything we need to fight the battle. God, we're not shorthanded. You're not shorthanded. The arm of the Lord is not too short for you, friend. The arm of the Lord is not too short for you. And so just for a moment, whatever you might need today, friends, if you need a breakthrough in your marriage, could just go ahead and and, and say, Lord, I, I need help in this area. If you need a breakthrough in your finances, just say, Lord, I need a need help in this area. If you need a breakthrough in your mental health, just say, Lord, I need a breakthrough in this area. If you need a breakthrough spiritually, it just feels like you've been going through the motions and you just feel kind of stuck. Say, God, I need a breakthrough in my walk of faith. If you've been feeling lonely, depressed, just say, Lord, I need a breakthrough in this area. Jesus. And whatever you're praying in the name of Jesus, I just agree with you. We agree with you. Whatever you're petitioning before the Lord right now, right where you're at, we're in agreement. We stand in agreement. We stand in agreement for prayers over relationships. We stand in agreement over prayers over finances. 
We stand in agreement over prayers, over emotional uh, and um, mental strains that are going on in someone's life. We pray in agreement, God, over relationships that need breakthroughs. We stand in agreement. We stand in agreement. Whatever you might have lifted before the Lord, we stand in agreement with you right now in Jesus' name. And we say freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom, Lord. Freedom. Freedom. Raise up faith. God, we're talking about spiritual warfare, so we're thank you. We thank you right now for raising up that shield of faith. Penetrate right now every fiery dart sent against your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name. Every lie, every deception, every manipulation, every twist of the truth. Thwarted in Jesus' name. Extinguished in Jesus' name. Say this with me. Say extinguished in Jesus' name. Okay, we need to say that a little better. Let's try it again. Say this with me. Say extinguished in Jesus' name. Extinguish. God, thank you. Extinguish every fiery dart right now. Right now. Right now. Extinguish. Extinguished. Extinguished. And then just shake it off, friends. Sometimes, you know, I look at um, when, when Jesus uh, sent his disciples and when they left towns, he said to shake the dust off their feet. Sometimes you just got to do that. You got to do one of these numbers. Just shake the dust off your feet. Right? Nope, devil, shut up. Just shake off that dust. I don't believe your lies. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word, your truth. We thank you for us being encouraged and strengthened through your word today. God, we thank you that, Father, that your promises are yes, true, and amen. And, God, we're going to live and believe and walk in your promises today. And so, friends, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face towards you. And may he give you peace. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen.